Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A very warm welcome then to day three of the Betfred World Match Play Daily Podcast. It is online darts podcast. Looking back at all of the action from another sensational night in Milton Keynes, it must be said. Jonathan Jack Gobby Garwood alongside you to talk some darts with all of us here. Gob, uh, good to see you back after having the night off last night. Really do appreciate you uh, joining us. Uh, must be said though, mate. Um, I did not expect, when we did this preview show a couple of uh, weeks ago with Phil, I did not expect tonight to be a, any, a, a night of real surprise and drama. I was totally wrong. What an evening we've had. Yeah, me neither. I think when we looked at seeds that were at risk previously, um, we, we highlighted a couple, but none of really the big ones that have, have fallen tonight based on performances recently and, and the form that players are carrying in, but that's what's happened tonight. Seedageddon, as you like, has, has happened once again for this evening. But Seedageddon's always been a big thing at the match play, hasn't it? That's not, that's not, there's no two ways about that, to be brutally honest about it. You know, Seedageddon has been a, a big factor of the match play for a couple of years now. And it hadn't really happened apart from Rob Cross last night. So there was a big problem about that. But then, obviously, the, the whole form book, pretty much, has been turned upside down. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, definitely. I think that's what you get when you put the top 32 players in the world in the competition together. I mean, I saw a stat the other day where uh, one of the opening round games was the first, was only one of like four examples where both players had averaged over 100. You, you didn't expect that for an event where you put in the top 32 players in the world. What you do is expect is, is tight, nitty gritty matches that can go either way and neither player wants to lose because you're up against it constantly. Absolutely. Just a quick reminder before we get underway tonight, a reminder that you can actually win NVG's match-worn shirt against Brendan Dolan right now. I spoke to Phil last night. Obviously, if you've listened to the Match Play Daily uh, beforehand, you'll already know that we've spoken to Phil about this. I want to win this a lot, but unfortunately, I can't do it. But you certainly can. Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Follow us right now. Uh, just search online darts on any one of those platforms and you'll be able to find us there. And make sure, of course, you subscribe to our YouTube channel if you are watching this right now. 
uh, online darts uh, on there as well uh, where you won't miss a single video of what we do but if you go onto facebook twitter or instagram you have until six o'clock tomorrow evening to get your entries in and we will pick a winner and we will let you know who wins on the match play daily this time tomorrow but god we have to talk about tonight and there is no doubt in my mind where we start the world number three gerwin price a man who many people were saying before this tournament was probably the best player on planet darts potentially uk open finalist doing not great in the premier league but made a world championship semi-finalist was really moving forward in the way that he was doing bits not tonight he doesn't 2016 was the last time he won in the match play and he loses tonight against danny nopper in the biggest shock of the week so far yeah i think so but I mean, Price wasn't really one that we identified that was up there for a shock. Um, when when we previewed it, we sort of glossed over this game completely in the first round. But what you need to take into account is Danny Knocker has won on stage over the last couple of months. He went deep mm-hmm. in the European Championships and in these backed up with a few good performances. He's become a very consistent PDC televised event match performer. And going Price at the Summer Series, we, we said it a couple of times when we reviewed that in the he was capable of a very, very big average, but then he was chucking some absolute dross to back it up and we weren't quite sure what you were going to get. We just presumed that Gezi's prowess in the last 18 months would have gotten through this one, but not the case. No, certainly not. Looking at the game itself, actually, you know, Noppet started brightly getting that break of throw in the third day, game 2-1. We had actually a chance to get to the double break, um, but he didn't quite get it. 3-2 behind, uh, Price was going into the first interval. And he didn't really lead during the game. And that was the key thing, I think. If Price had got into a lead, you might have been able to see him go on a little bit. Um, obviously, 5-4 up top uh, made sure in the ninth leg, and then it made it 6-4. And then it got that crucial double break in the 13th leg, going 8-5, but with that 89 finish on the ball. And you know what? It wasn't like it was his first chance that he made sure in the 16th leg. Obviously, he missed four match darts at that point. So, you know, and then he obviously managed to make it uh, okay in the next leg. You know, he got an 88 shot for a 12 dart break of throw and sent uh, the two-time Grand Slam champion packing. You know, he's a World Series finest, Danny Knopper. We are seeing him perform consistently. But even so, this is a huge shot taking out the world number three, Gerwin Price, and arguably one of the players that most people would have thought were going to go on to win the thing. Yeah, I mean, the more and more you looked at the draw, the more and more I was already looking forward to Gezi versus Adrian Lewis round three at the match play. Um, that's how confident I think we were of... Oh, Nathan Aspinall, yeah, as well. Um, Nathan Aspinall as well. So, yeah, I mean, big shot. Gezi's only got himself to blame, didn't really perform. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Gezi's a fantastic front runner and he didn't get out in front at all. And once he, if you can't get out in front, you're constantly chasing, your opponent's going to keep putting you under more and more pressure. That's what Noppy did. He, he threw steady darts, nothing out of this world. Um, but he curved out more opportunities at doubles and he hit more at the end. Absolutely. Brilliant stuff from Danny Nopper in the end. He manages to knock out, he managed to cover 31 chances at double to Price's 18. Noppy goes through, he beats Gerwin Price, and he was obviously ecstatic when he spoke to our man Phil Bars in the press conference afterwards. Danny, huge congratulations. You've just beaten Gerwin Price, the number three seed. Is this the best moment of your career so far? Yeah, it, 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 it is a real good uh, performance indeed, but yeah, Gerwin was not performing uh, good as well, but yeah, I win and uh, that's the m- most important thing. 
I can play better. It was a little bit strange uh, without crowd, but yeah, PDC is doing well everything, and uh, I'm enjoying it a lot. You made your debut last year in the World Match Play. Didn't go according to plan against Gary Anderson. How much did you learn from that experience and take it into today's game? Yeah, but I learn every day, every day, every moment like this. Yeah. Today, yeah, it was not good. I don't play well, but need to perform better. And this is the first game after uh, COVID, COVID-19, and on stage. But yeah, I'm the I'm the most heavy man on the world uh, at the moment. Do you think now you've played one game up there in that type of environment, the next game you'll settle and the nerves won't be as bad? Sorry. Do you think now you've played on that stage once with no fans? The next game, do you think you'll find it easier? No nerves? Yeah, yeah, we need to learn uh, every game, I think so. And uh, yeah, we will see. And uh, PDC is doing well. Yeah. With you knocking Price out, that bottom half of the draw is wide open. You've made one PDC final already in the World Series. Can you do it again? Why not? Yeah, I think. Uh, I can beat everyone, every player. I can, I, yeah, I believe in it that I can beat everyone. And uh, if you believe in that, yeah. Also, motivation. I know you just spoke to Dan about it. The World Cup on the horizon. How much would that mean for you playing for the Netherlands alongside the best player in the world in Michael Van Gerwen? For me, it means a lot that uh, yeah, then I can be in the team with the best player in the world. Yeah. Every Dars player wants to do <laughs> that thing on yeah, on television or something. Yeah. yeah. Okay, second game we're gonna talk about tonight, Ian White versus Joe Collin. And in a complete reversal or flip of last year where these two met in the first round and we saw the minimum amount of legs you can win a match on. We've seen the maximum. We've seen it go all the way to a last leg decider. Joe Cullen finally getting over the line against Ian White. Um, what a game of doubt this was. Superb. Let's not let's not take, beat around the bush of this one. Like you know, it wasn't an absolute astonishing averages where 101 plays 103 and all that sort of stuff. But even so, it was an absolutely mint game of darts and I thought to be fair you know I, I think Cullen really had a bit of a chip on his shoulder if he wanted to be brutally honest after beating after getting uh, absolutely whitewashed quite literally we can't use that joke anymore we've always talked about it we can't use that joke anymore which is a gutting moment let's be honest about it but it was a really really good game of darts to be brutally honest you know Cullen going 3 nil up you're thinking oh do you know what it could be a whitewash from the other way around from this year you know a 118 checkout to get that break back as well to get back to 3-2 was Ian White and it just really seemed to get into an absolute mind uh, mind uh, game it was absolutely brilliant stuff Ian White goes 8-4 up and you think do you know what he's going to get that he's going to get that win but then Cullen goes and absolutely smashes it, going winning four straight legs, getting back to eight all. And at that point, I don't really know what game was going. And then it got to nine all. But from there, I thought that Cullen really did well, to be honest with you. I thought Cullen was a real brilliant performance. He just missed those crucial doubles to get him over the line a bit earlier than he should have done. Yeah, and I think 
that's probably been Joe's problem over the last couple of years. He, he had a great performance here against Gary Anderson, didn't quite get over the line there. Um, we haven't really seen Joe kick on and, and deliver in the events that he, perhaps his Euro Tour form of, of the last couple of years have promised. Um, but yeah, fantastic result for him. We'll, we'll have got rid of the demons of last year. Um, and once he gets going, Joe's very much a rhythm player and, and the daddy of all leg play events allows you to get into a good rhythm. So he is one that can be dangerous. He is one that can go deep. As, as I mentioned again, as we've seen when he went on that run against Gary Anderson before, and they went very, very deep in that match. Um, literally anything could happen with Joe. I Pons. think as, yeah, but I think they're looking back for Ian White. Like everyone will say about, oh, you know, Ian White can't do it on the TV. In a game like this, you know, there is the there is the sort of I don't the thoughts that Ian White maybe have just blown it a little bit because he didn't perform great. You know, it, Joe Cullen missed a hell of a lot of doubles for the match before he got over the line. But even so, in a game like that where it is a last leg decider and it goes to sudden death legs, I don't think you can. Uh, I don't think you can always say that uh, that, uh, that that White was in a bit of a problem there. To be brutally honest. Yeah, I don't think you can you can have a proper white traditional television form, shall we say? Um, at, at that moment, um, it's a good game of darts. It's it's gone all the way. Um, Joe's had the darts and he's carved out the first opportunity at Dublin. He's taken it, so that that's pretty much the story of that one. Um, white will be disappointed. Disappointed, I think. Um, I think. We've spoken about it where it's not really in front of a crowd, which might have suited Ian White, who, who is a far better performer on the floor than he has been on TV. Um, so to fall at the first side will be disappointing for him, but you can't take that away from Joe Cullen. Um, fantastic performance, um, just sneaking over the line in the end. Absolutely. And Joe Cullen, as you might expect, was a little bit apprehensive about the fact that obviously it took him to 25 legs, but he was still bouncing by making three to round two. Here he is talking with Phil. Joe, many congratulations. You've probably just been about every emotion up on that stage. Just try and sample how you're feeling right now. Um, to be honest, I'm a bit flat, which is surprising. I'm, obviously, I'm over the moon that I've won, but I just, as I said just in the interview there for Sky, I'm like, I, I'm, I can't remember the last time I felt as good going onto a stage. I, I genuinely thought I was going to blow Ian away. I, I, was, I was practicing so well, and it just, just didn't happen on stage. Early doors, I was. Um, Erratic was a bit of a compliment, but actually I got the job done in the end, and I'm sure sort of half an hour's time, an hour's time, I'll you know, find a positive from the game. The eight-four down, are you thinking not again? And you having flashbacks from this time last year? <laughs> I, was, I was planning my loser speech, I think. <laughs> um, no, no, I, I think the difference is last year. Obviously, it could it could have been ten, it could have been ten one. You know, it's irrelevant. Ian was playing really well last year. Ian was playing rubbish tonight, and I think he'd be the first to admit it. Um, so that 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 was what sort of gave me the belief because it wasn't as if he was 8-4 up and it could have easily been 8-4 to me it was both it was both awful when you went 8-7 behind we saw a huge huge run from you and that's unusual you're not going to be that emotional on stage are you did that mean an awful lot to you yeah it's just because I was I was rubbish it came to a shock to me like I say I was, I was rubbish in the summer series last week but I'm not been practicing so you know you, you get out what you're doing and this week you know I, put, I really put the hours in I felt 
you know, felt a million dollars and that's all it was. It was more just a relief and probably an annoyance with myself. It's just a relief to be back playing big time darts on TV again as well after the last four months. Like I said, regardless of performance, you know, there's the thing on social media, you see a lot of things on social media, they're all, everything's negative, you know, it's never anything positive, you know, so to them, well, I'm starting there from you. I'm talking about social media, we know that you're one that likes to be engaged with fans and that, but at times it's nice to go, I'm still here as well after being really awesome. Yeah, honestly, I was talking to them the other day, you know, we, we, we came down together for the uh, summer series. And I was saying to him, I've got to the top 16 by playing nowhere near what I can play, so I must be half decent. So, you know, if I can find that, I can find that extra gear and actually you know, dedicate myself to the sport, you know, I can be a force of record, definitely. It's about time for Joey Conrad to move on and not just be a top 16 player, but then top 10, top 4. Yeah, if, if, if I'm honest, when I got to the top 16, sort of uh, 18 months ago, whatever it was, I sort of got there and thought, oh, well, that's, that's it, the job's done now. And then, I just sort of tailed off, didn't practice as much, you know, it's just, just foolish to say the least. Um, but if, if you want to be pushing on the top 10, you can't be just happy just getting in the top 16, you know, and then stopping what you normally do. It's just, like I say, I'm, I'm a fool to myself sometimes, but, you know, I'm up for it this week, I really am. Just what you said there, does that come with age and experience that you sometimes learn, hang on a minute, I need to do more in these situations and not just rest on your laurels then? Yeah, when I first started, I was probably ignorant is the best way, way to describe me. I thought, you know, I've got natural talent, you know, no one could beat me on my day, which they couldn't, but, you know, whoever it was had put, put in a week's practice, three, four hours a day, and I'd put none in, there's only one winner. You know, and I got wiser that as I got older, and and to be honest, I've, I've got, I've started to fall into this that mindset again, but, like I said, that was with a lockdown and stuff, I'm not using an excuse, but, you know, Honestly, I'm, I'm bang up for it this week, bang up for it. Was it like playing out there as well with the artificial noise and everything like that and not being at the Winter Gardens? To be honest, I didn't really notice. It was it's sort of a muffled noise. It's like, it's like being in a pub, you know, when you're watching football. It's just, you just get used to it, to be honest. Um, I was trying my best not to look up, as in, obviously, pictures flashing about and things like that. But, you know, it, was, it came as a bit of a shock to me. I was so focused, but early goals were awful, absolutely awful. I don't know if you heard Michael Smith last night. He said he looked up and saw you. Yeah, that's why I didn't look up. That's why I didn't look up. You were looking up and hoping not to see Michael Smith. Yeah, that's why I didn't look up. But, you know, I mean, it's good fun for the fans. It's a way of them getting involved and, you know, having the pictures up and things. You know, it'll make their day. So, you know, you know, I'm all for it. Joe, pleasure, mate. Thank you very much. Cheers, Phil. Cheers. Mate, that's really Joe. Are you sort of the person that sets your targets in these tournaments? Because obviously you've got quarter-final ranking money for Sometimes I do set targets, sometimes I don't, but the target was to beat Ian because, like I say, what he did to me last year, um, I don't think the score reflected it. Normally a 10-0, you know, you're not getting any shots of doubles, but I had plenty, you know, the first probably, probably five out of ten legs I had shots, but it was just one of those, so the target was to beat Ian, you know, that's the first target done, so we'll look ahead to it now. That's the players say that the first round is the hardest hurdle, do you think? I know you said when you came off the practice board you were thinking you were going to really blow us away out there. Think now the pressure's maybe a little bit off and uh, we're going to the second round. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so, yeah. I was, um, like I said, I did put a lot of pressure on myself. But it, it sort of went full scale. I was feeling so confident. But then when I got up there, and I, I was saying to myself, you know, don't, don't get overconfident, you know. Joe Cullen then talking through his victory against Ian White. As you might be able to tell, 
Gob has lost his background from Blackpool, and that's because Vincent van der Voort decided uh, he doesn't really care about Blackpool anymore, <laughs> Gob. This <laughs> hasn't had a bad enough week already. Vincent van der Voort wants to bulldoze the Empress Ballroom and the Winter Garden. Um, Absolutely brilliant. Fan of our favourite venue, shall we say. Uh, it is our favourite venue, there's no doubt about that, but uh, it's a shame that van der Voort doesn't really like the Empress Ballroom, but I tell you what he does like is making through uh, to uh, round two of the match play. He hasn't done that for a while, and he goes and beats Dave Chisnell when we said that he was that Chisnell was going to be in trouble. Van der Voort goes and gets a job done 10 6. Yeah, 98 average for Van der Voort as well. It was, it was a cracking performance, um, took advantage of a Chisnell who once again at critical moments, even in the early moments, his throw looked ropey it, it just does not look smooth at all and I think that's a real issue for Dave Chisnell right now um, like I said previously in other shows he's, he's releasing darts in his out the three and all three of the darts are releasing at different points and he's a player now that I think needs to go away and look at some coaching but Van der Voort's one of them if you get a fight in front of you he can put a run on you um, and he's incredibly hard to stop um, as he's proven it's a big result for him um, uh, an event that he hasn't done very well at for the past few years um, and he's into the next round again. It was a weird one because it was sort of like a game of three thirds, if you like, to be brutally honest, because, you know, Chisnell uh, was, was getting beat quite handsomely by Vincent van der Vaal early on, 3-0, and then he goes and reels off four straight days to go 4-3. Eventually gets to 5 all, and then he goes and goes 6-5 up. And from there, Chisnell, uh, van der Vaal was like a completely different player. You know, a couple of chances missed by Chisnell, okay, yep, all right, no brother at all on that one. But really, Van der Voort just didn't just just scored unbelievably well uh, from from six five down, and he just came back and absolutely stormed back to go and win the game. It just seemed like a different player on the stage. Yeah, as I said, when he when he gets on those runs, he's incredibly difficult to stop. He's almost like a bit of a juggernaut. Um, once he picks up that momentum, he just, he just can't get in the way of him. Um, it's very rare to see a player outscore Dave Chisholm on the one eighty count. Mm. Especially from Van der Voort, who we don't traditionally associate with the 180. So that tells you how good a performance it was from him. Um, just over um, a third on the doubles, which is great. One ton out, um, seven 180s. That's a good, good performance from Van der Voort. Superb. But like I say, you've already talked about Chisnell being in trouble. We said he was going to be on the preview show and, and we were proven right. Like, you know, he made a final, obviously, in the summer series. Not too long ago, but once again on the big TV tournaments, he just looked so flat. Once he got six five up, it was weird. I just, I just don't trust him at the big moments. I just don't trust his throws to hold up at the big moments, and you're going to get big moments in in matches like this. And he, he just wasn't there or capable of doing anything about it. Robinson van der Voort was capable of taking the opportunity. He goes and wins ten six, and here he is talking to Phil after his win. Vincent, many congratulations on winning a winner here at the Better Friend World Match Play and a fairly comprehensive victory over Dave Chisholm in the end. You must be over the moon with the performance. Yeah, of course. I mean, a win uh, is always great in uh, such an amazing tournament. I mean, uh, the World Match Play is after the world's the biggest tournament ranking-wise. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy. When you went 3-0 up and he comes back into it, do you think, oh, no, I've missed a trick here by not punishing him more when he wasn't playing well? Yeah. I think we both struggled in the beginning, but I took advantage of it and 
I was up and I thought this is just a bonus. So the, the moment I went 5 all in the break, I thought, I think I've got a good shot winning this. Did you sense he was struggling as well at that point? And it was like, I need to punish him even more then? Yeah, I thought he was struggling from the beginning, but at one point he got a little bit more confident. But when I made 5 all, I thought, I think I've a shot here. Average of nearly 100, seven maximums. Is that one of your best TV performances for a while? Yeah, I, I, I don't reckon play on TV, so... <laughs> This is, uh, yeah, no, it, it was a good performance. I know I can do a lot better, I know I can do a lot worse, but um, I, I, I was good today. I was, the mindset was good, and I'm happy with my uh, my game. And I know I overlooked how you said when you were practicing with Michael, it was the best you'd ever seen in practice. Yeah. Has that rubbed off on you a little bit? Because you seem to be playing just as well at the moment. Yeah, maybe, but I mean, if, you, if you practice with the best player in the world, it's difficult because you get your ass kicked loads of times right? but when you win then it makes you feel extra special as well but it was very difficult because normally the I mean the P2C schedule is just so tight you never get four months off so the first month we were practicing like like crazy against the Gutierrez and then we knew the next two months was nothing on then we dropped the level honestly we, we tried but we couldn't really motivate each other and then uh, when we knew the summer series were on, we tried to pick it up and, and for, for him it worked because he's yeah, the most talented player, best player in the world, but for me it was a struggle. Looking at it, the artificial crowd, how did you react to everything out there as well? Was it fun, unique or different? Yeah, it was so much different. Really. I mean, never experienced anything like it. It's just, it's, this is all un unique. Four months off is unique. This tournament is unique. I mean, in, in 30, 40 years, everybody would say, "Remember that one." That that that's for sure. I mean, uh, this is this is something you, you will never experience again. Hopefully. I'm guessing as well, you're not a fan of black holes. We know. Would you like the well match play to move to Milton Keynes on a permanent basis? If they do that, uh, they are worth my blessing, 100%. Yeah. I mean, um, it's not. It's not only the venue Blackpool, but, but the whole city is just looks for renovation. <laughs> Vincent, pleasure as always, and wish you very best in the next round. Thank you very much. Yeah. We know over the years you've struggled with back injuries and lots of different injuries, really. Do you think four months off, maybe a little bit of a rest and choosing when you wanted to play? Oh, that, that helped for, for my health. It was great because. Um, I always have back problems, but because I was sleeping four months in my own bed, that was great. I could do a lot of work on it. So last week I thought I was a little bit, I think, what's going to happen? But after five days, my back felt great. I mean, I'm always in pain, a little bit, but I'm feeling great. I'm never, and I don't feel as good as in, in 10 years, 15 years. So for the back, it's great, but. Uh, Hopefully it goes back to normal again with uh, with, with all the dust. Are you looking forward to when the schedule goes back to normal? Or is that yeah, exactly. I mean, I, mean um, I, 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 I'm not going to lie because I never lie. But I'm, I, I enjoy the time with the family, but I miss the competitive side. Plus, uh, I know my game needs matches. So if 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 I'm a month, two months off, then the first 
two days I struggle because I can't practice as much as anybody else. I don't play online and that, that stuff with all those cheaters, I don't do that. So I, I just went in here uh, last week and I thought I'm going to give it my best and I felt I was not ready. And so I, I did a lot of work the last week and today I play well. Okay, Vincent van der Voort there talking through uh, his interview after the game. Uh, moving on now to the game four that we're going to talk about, but game five from this evening. Bit of a throwback, this one. A.D. Lewis versus Steve Beaton. Uh, A.D. Lewis getting over the line 11-9 in the end in another uh, tie-break situation. George Noble has that speech on absolute lockdown now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Every match he's refereed this week has gone to... The extra legs already. Um, yeah. Poor legs. Um, but yeah, he's was this classic Lewis? No, not really. I, I, I associate classic Lewis with him outscoring his uh, opponent for fun and coming through quite comfortably. I, I, look, I, I know the averages might have said so, but I, I still don't maintain that one. I just think. The thing is, right, about Steve Bean, Mr. Sex himself, we know he is going to average mid to low 90s and he's going to probably hit around about 30, 35, maybe 40% on the doubles. thing is with AD, what he's got to do there is he's got to really take his opportunity there and, and win more comfortably. That's my only issue with AD Lewis about that result. Don't get me wrong, him coming through there, obviously, is an absolute massive step for him getting back. But I, I always say that. But I just don't know whether this is the A.D. Lewis that we really are starting to, to think, do you know what, he is sort of getting back to his best here. Averaging 97, 6180s, 11 and 19 on the checkouts, was pretty decent. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that wasn't. You know, it's a great performance. But when that happens, you have to worry and you have to think, surely you've got to deliver a better performance in, that, in terms of the result more than anything else. I guess so. I mean, he was averaging 103 for large parts of the game. Um, mm. and his, his action looked a million dollars at times. I asked this to a group of my friends while we were watching it earlier. Do you think that Lewis was too good previously? And, and that's what he's chasing at the minute. I, I just yes. think that after his injury, there was times in, in between 2011 and 2014, perhaps, where Lewis could had almost completed the game of darts, right? He could throw perfect darts on demand. And even the smallest little deflection, the smallest little miss seems to really, really aggravate him now. And I'm concerned he's chasing a level of the game that he can't reach. And that's putting far too much pressure on himself on top of the pressure that the media put on him because he is a two-time back-to-back world champion that is arguably one of the biggest underachievers with that amount of talent in the game. Mm. And we're still constantly going, is he on the comeback? Is he going to do this? Is he going to do that? There is always a story of Adrian Lewis. Do you think that pressure's starting to get to him? Because the best Lewis you'll ever see is when he's in free flow and just doesn't care. Yeah, totally agree. I, I'm not, I think so. I think the thing is, I think the last real great performance that we've seen from Adrian Lewis arguably was the 2016 World Championship when he made that to the final there against Gary Anderson. The nine and then... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do you know what? That's a great line from David Croft, mm-hmm. isn't it? Against uh, against Rain Van Barneveld. He promised the nine data and like Dick Turpin, he delivered it. I think uh, yeah. my, my favourite one, my favourite moment of that whole was the thing of seven of the best, eight of the best, nine, yes, he's done it. That was an incredible line from Crofty on commentary, by the way, must be said. But I think what happened was the fact that I think he, he, he peaked a bit too soon as a dart mm-hmm. player. 
I do believe that because that a period where he was in 2011-2012 and then fighting alongside Phil Taylor in 2013, match play final was brilliant. The Grand Summer Darts semi-final, which arguably is the greatest leg play match of all time. My biggest problem with AD is the fact that will we ever see him get to that level again? And I just don't know. What I think is massive for him is rather than playing Gerwin Price in the next round, he now plays Danny Knopper. And that is a big, big thing. It's a big difference for Eddie Lewis. It has an opportunity to go and make a quarterfinal, semi-final, which we didn't think was possible at the start of the week. A quick word on Steve Beaton, though, by the way, before we go into Eddie Lewis. 20th world match play in a row. And once again, taking it to, uh, to extra legs. Mr. Sex, I love you. <laughs> yeah, um, Stevie Beaton just oozes class. I mean, well, I'm going to mention Lewis again, but you could see the emotion on Lewis tonight and the reaction, mm. considering there was no crowd there. And I almost felt a little bit bad for Steve because I think it got to him just a little bit. Mm. Um, and he's he's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet um, in in the Darton circle. Um, but again, a 90 average, steady, solid from Steve, and I'm just not able to take that opportunity in the final two legs. Let's see, though, what Eddie Lewis made of his win in extra legs. Here he is talking with Phil after his win. Adrian, many congratulations. Yeah. What a victory in the context of your year <laughs> yeah. that was today. And we could see how much it meant to you. Just sum up how you're feeling for us. Brilliant. Um, honestly, it's one of them, like I said, it's one of them feelings where I was thinking to myself before I come into the tournament, after the summer season, I thought this might be my last match play, you know what I mean? Even though I put that much work into losing weight and, and doing everything, well, trying to do everything right, just things weren't just happening, you know. And I was thinking, well, where do we go from here? So you're trying to get an advantage over your opponents all the time. Um, and it was getting to the stage where I was running out of options. Really, that's quite a statement, isn't it, considering two times... It was, yeah, of course it was, yeah, but the, 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 you've got to realise I've been in this a long time now. Um, and, and, and the order I'm trying at different things, like I said, I've lost the weight, yeah, I feel a lot fitter, yes. But I'm thinking I'm just not playing well enough to compete, and that's how I felt. Do you still feel the game was there to compete with all these youngsters coming through? Yeah, definitely. Listen, I, I know myself. If, if I turn up there, nobody in there will beat me. And I know that. I know that myself. Is that fire, that glam still there for Adrian? Of course Lewis? it is, yeah. And this is why, like I said, this is why, obviously, I'm not just doing it for the doors, I'm doing it for my family and everything else. This is why I've took this regime where I'm going, you know, I'm working really hard at my game and training and everything else. And and like you said, when, when you aren't getting the results straight away, I think you try, try and run before you can walk kind of thing. But it will come, you know, it's just time. I think it's just time. James Wade said recently to us that he was fed up of seeing other people win titles. Is that mm. your similar mentality? As Definitely, well? yeah. When, when, I'm, when I'm looking around the room and I'm thinking, you know, I should be doing a lot better than what I'm doing. And, and I know that myself, you know what I mean? I think sometimes it's just probably, a, I think somebody just sometimes needs to give, give me a little kick up the arse, really. I think that, that's what it comes down to. And uh, Gary Plummer from Torg has been fantastic with me. I don't realise what he's done for me during this. Honestly, I've had a year and a half of help. Uh, obviously, can't mention really much about that's everything else. But uh, I was just very just just quit the game, just just through one piece of me. So looking ahead, this one result could catapult you, especially with the way results have gone tonight. The mm. third favourite and one of the favourites, just in every time he plays and going price. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's been brilliant. He, he's, he's gone. So this is a real opportunity now for you to yeah. go through this little mini section of the draw. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, whether game with prizes in it or not, I mean. Obviously, for somebody big giving prize, this last 18 months, he, and he's deserving the top three. He has been phenomenal. 
um, no. And for Dying Off would be them in the way he has done. I've got to play really well now for them. Looking ahead, your recovery time. Yeah. What are you going to do between now and that? Is it just a case of relax, like the adrenaline come down, and will you look at your performance and assess it, or will you just play off instinct? Like I think I just need a bit, a bit more bottle, to be honest. I think that, that's what let me down a few times. Yeah. Every time I've done the odd wig, like at 8 11 doors, for instance, to break the throw, and then kicked him like a 45 or a 26, and this is where, you know, I've got to like, analyse my game a little bit. Adrian, it's a pleasure talking to you as always, mate. Yes, Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Just come from me if that's right, Eddie. Um, just on your, your fitness and how well you're looking after lockdown. Thank you. Um, was that something you, that lockdown spurred on or was you looking to do that before? I'll, I'll tell you what it was. It was probably about a month in. Um, I was watching a, a programme called Escape to the Chateau. I don't know if you've ever seen it um, with Dick and Angel. Um, and he brought a chateau in France. And uh, I mean, this bloke's bearing in mind probably 60, 65. And he, he did all the work on it. So I'm thinking, this book is fitter than me. As I'm sitting there eating my cheese and crackers, you know what I mean? I'm thinking, something's got to change here. So, and then uh, following Monday, I think that was on the Friday, I was watching that. And then on the following Monday, um, I started doing the Tyson Fury workout. And then I was working out six days a week and then doing like a, a five mile bike ride every Sunday as well in between. And that happened for 14 weeks, like, every day. I was eating healthy and I was doing that, and that's probably why I've, I've lost so much weight. Maybe too quick, something, you know, but I feel a lot fitter. But blooming hell, I was knackered. <laughs> Honestly, it felt like I'd been hit by a baseball bat, to be fair. <laughs> Do you think that's something that, in a long format game, you know, obviously it gets to best? Yeah, best like, yeah I wasn't looking at it as if it went straight away in short term, I wasn't. So I'm always thinking, uh, you know, prolonging my career. And, and, and I think that's, that, that, you know, that's vital, really. Um, you know, everybody wants to last forever, but this game's now a, a young man's game, in my opinion. I think, um, you know, you've you probably got to be single half the time because you live, half, well, most of your life on the road. Um, but, on, you know, I'm still there and I'm still fighting and I'm still getting myself. Eddie Lewis there talking through his victory uh, with Steve Beaton. I might have to change my background in a bit, Gob, because my, my shoulder keeps going in between <laughs> this, but we will carry on and we'll go on regardless at this point. And we'll move on to our final game of the night. Now, Daryl Gurney beating Ricky Evans 10-5 in this one. Amazing that we're using that as our last game of the night, but it was the game really with not much drama alongside it. I think, actually, it was a really interesting game from 5-all, but then Daryl Gurney put the afterburners on there, comfortably beating Ricky Evans 10-5. In a in in the game here, uh, the third the fourth game uh, sorry the third game on this evening. Um, is this a moment where we have to still be a bit worried about Daryl Gurney because you know match play semi finals last year probably a bit annoyed at the fact that what he how he blew that semi final against Rob Cross. He goes and beats Ricky Evans this time round. Are we are we interesting? Are we seeing an interesting run potentially for the chin here? Um, I mean. I was surprised at how well he performed at the Summer Series. I thought he put together a good run of results over a couple of the days, considering we, we hadn't seen any of him in any webcam or, or online darts um, before that. Um, I think this is just a professional job where he, he, he like you said, he kicked on um, in the last couple of legs and up until five each. I think it was a little bit of a scrap. Um, Ricky just couldn't maintain that. I mean, ultimately, in the end, he carved out 10 more opportunities at double and hit five more. So that, that's what's got Gurney out of trouble here. Um, I mean, he's a seventh seed. He's been as high as world number three. Um, 
he's a former major champion. He can play, I and mean, he, he likes this venue and he, he, this venue. He likes this event, um, as he proved last year. So, I mean, without being disrespectful, I think the draws opened up a little bit for him in the fact that he now plays Vincent in the next round as well. Um, this is another good opportunity for Daryl Gurney to to do the easy, not the easy, but the professional job in the early couple of rounds and then really have a crack at the rest of the big boys in the latter stages again. Exactly. Could be going up against Pete Wright in the quarterfinal, which would be an unbelievable rematch from that. Possibly the best TV performance last year, or Glenn Durrant as well, where he uh, lost to him in the uh, third round of the World Championship. Quick uh, word on Ricky before we go in here. Uh, from the chin uh, again interesting one from uh, from Evans again it's another big TV tournament that he, he makes obviously he made the uh, match play again last year didn't particularly do great it's one of those really for Ricky where you just think is there going to be a big TV performance coming that's the biggest problem um, I'm not sure and I think the problem is that a big TV performance requires a consistent performance over a longer distance to what we used to see in him on Pro Tours and, and Euro events um, I'm not sure if his, his game and his action can, can stand up for that long because of the pace. I still think it's a little bit erratic. Um, if he finds his rhythm and range, then fine, fantastic. But he, he's good at these short little bursts where he hit another 180 tonight where it was something stupid like a second and a half. Right, that's, that's great. That's a great party trick. But actually, unless you're going to do that every single time or at least get closer than that every single time, I just don't see the advantage of it anymore. Um, and I am a little bit concerned that we might see him start to drop off a bit. He's gone back to his old darts. Um, and I think he was he was performing really well with his new darts. Um, had a bit of a blip and I think he's changed away a little bit too early. Um, but other than that, I'm just not sure we'll ever see him break into the top 16, etc. and really push on as a professional. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, remember, uh, you know, he he, he played Daryl Gurney last year at the match plate, losing 10-7. This year, Daryl Gurney beats Ricky Evans 10-5. Here he is talking with Phil in his press conference afterwards. Daryl, huge congratulations. Off and running at the Betfred World match plate, beating Ricky Evans towards the end. Some very good stuff from yourself. Um, yeah, no, it, it was good at the end, but at the same time, whenever you're playing against the top, top players... That game, I would have lost that game early on, so I, I need to sharpen up. Um, but I'm, I'm practicing really, really well. And then whenever you go up and do a display like that, it's really, really disappointing. And then the worst thing you can do as a dirt player is up there, stand on the stage, one on one, and you're giving off to yourself. And you could, I mean, Matt, the manager says to me, he says, your face is going red because I was just getting angry with myself. Um, but came through it and I mean obviously a, a year or two earlier I probably would have that would have got to me missed doubles missed me chances and we probably lost in games so we've bit more experience now and I, I came through it lucky enough but uh, I mean five all it was anybody's game and probably Ricky could have been I don't know 6-4 up and then coming out then after the recce at the throw uh, and you never know what's going to happen but as soon as I got the five all I knew I knew how to keep on if I didn't keep on the, next, the first four four legs I knew I was going to get beat so I uh, made it happen thankfully and uh, Ricky gave me that chance you've been doing up for the match play obviously I know you spoke down about it what's it been like 
looking back over last year, because you said you wanted to be reminded of it, so you know how it felt, so you can put it to the back of your mind almost. How has that gone from this time last year? No, well, I, f- I feel like you have to be, re- be reminded of it, because, I mean, if I try to forget about it, and then somebody brings it up in an interview, you think, oh, God, no. Um, but, no, 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 I mean, Matt, like he says something earlier, and I said, don't worry about it, blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah, we have to talk about it, because if we don't talk about it, and then it comes up in an interview, then it may be affecting more. So the way, the way we've got to work it is, I, I was winning that game in that semi-final. I didn't want it. I didn't have a dart They win the match. Uh, fair play to Rob. He did what he had to do. He's a proper dart player. He's won probably the three biggest tournaments there is in the PDC. So you can't argue with that. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, if I got to the same situation this year, would it happen again? It wouldn't happen again. Things, you got to learn from your mistakes, and uh, I'm good at doing that. Before lockdown, you were really starting to come into form. The Premier League form was turning around semi-final for the UK Open. Were you concerned where your game was going to be, considering where it was when you left? No, oh, honestly, me, me thro- I, I've changed me throw a wee bit. Um, mentally, I, I've been trying to just get stronger. My throw was a wee bit dodgy. I, I was throwing arm, elbow and shoulder under it, and they were going here, there and everywhere. So I was just trying to change it, just did my forearm, so I'm just throwing. And uh, whenever I've done that in the summer series, I really improved a lot. And uh, instead of just going direct, my darts were kind of sliding in. Um, so that really helped me out. And the way I got on the summer series was, it surprised me because with so much little practice. And tonight I was super nervous playing against rugby because I was just like, TV tournament in four or five months. Uh, so I was, um, I nearly needed a nappy change like my son, but uh, we got through it. But uh, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm very, very glad to be in the second round of the match play. Vincent, next, Vincent up next for yourself as well. Slightly surprised that he beat Chizzy, being the fourth Chizzy was in at the summer series. 100%, 100%. I thought whenever he, he was obviously, I think he was he was 3-2 up, I think, in the break, Vincent. But he was 3-0 up. And then I thought, Chizil kick in now. And he did. I think he made a 5-0 or something like that. And then I thought, all honestly, I thought there was only one winner from there. Whenever Chizzy had the, the, the throw. But um, he missed his opportunities. And... Vincent kept on hitting 180s, leaving some kind of two darters and taking them out. So, all honesty, I was surprised that Vincent beat Chizzy, but um, listen, there's there's going to be more upsets in this uh, match play, and uh, that was one of them. But um, yeah, I've, I've still got to go out there now and play play Vincent like I'm playing Chizzy anyway, because me and Chizzy's probably got the same kind of scoring. But yeah, honestly, I think he's a better finisher than me. Uh, if I can get my finishing up to scratch like his, I'll be I'll be hard to beat. But um, yeah, Chizzy was unlucky, but uh, I'll give uh, I'll give Vincent more of a game. There we are, the Daryl Gurney talking through his victory against Ricky Evans, and it is now time for day three's PBT. It is not a sandwich, uh, uh, you know, condiment and all that sort of stuff. It is the Phil Bass tape. Phil Bass joins us 
from his hotel room in Milton Keynes. Phil, it is always a pleasure working alongside you here on Online Darts for a Change. Rather than saying that you're joining the podcast, you're part of the podcast, and you're part of our team here uh, <laughs> in Milton Keynes. Um, it is great to have you back in the hotel room, Chief. Um, we've been talking about this throughout the whole night. What a mental night in the famous old venue that is the Marshall Arena. <laughs> Where to start? Brain has been fried, frazzled, whatever you want to call it. And flip the coin what you said there. If that was in the Winter Garden, we'd be talking about a classic night of darts. Mm, absolutely. But because it's the Marshall Arena, is it the same? I don't know. The darts are the same, but yeah. It's like when you win the FA Cup at the Millennium Stadium. Is it the same? Whoa, I'm not having that. I'm not having that. The Millennium Stadium was great. I mean, we never won it at the Millennium Stadium. We had a couple of shows. No, we had actually 2004. 2004 against Millwall. But I will happily have the Millennium Stadium. It was a great day out, indeed. Um, but, I mean, we, we talked about this earlier as well on the night, in particular. We did not think that Gerwin Price was going to be the big casualty on Monday night at the match play. But Christ on a bike, did Danny Knopper play a game for the evening? But Gerwin Price just looked on all sorts of bother tonight. I don't think anyone saw that coming, if I'm being honest. We all thought that Danny would play well, but not enough to trouble Gezi. But Gezi just didn't play well on the night. It happens. If you've seen his Instagram story, he's like, look, sorry, guys, it didn't happen tonight. There was no excuse or anything like that. I think it was just purely one of those nights it didn't happen for the Iceman. Do you think that's a worry for him? Because we spoke about it a bit for the Summer Series where... He was really, really hot one game and then he had a massive drop-off and he, he wasn't quite pushing on. And we did mention that a little bit in the preview, but not as much because we just thought he was going to be safe. In. Do you think that's a worry for him going forward? I think I think he's one that didn't play a lot over lockdown and he hasn't hit the fact that he didn't either. Um, and I think that maybe the summer series and this may have come slightly too early for him. Like the good performances, he's thrown off muscle memory and it's still there. But it's like when you're a footballer coming back it's nothing quite like match fitness. And yeah. if we were deep into a run of tournaments and it was part of this, I'd say yes, a concern. But I just think he needs needs time on the board and perhaps he, he hasn't had it. And he, he was open and honest and said he didn't play a lot over lockdown, didn't enjoy online darts particularly or anything like that. So, yeah, I just think, I just think he needs time on the board. I hope he doesn't mind online darts because we're because we're doing all right at the moment. But uh, there we yeah. go. Um, <laughs> was there a was there a, was there a performance of night for you, Phil, tonight? Because obviously, I don't think there was anybody that was really outstanding that we really thought. Ah, do you know what? They were, they, they really showed up tonight. Was there a performance that you thought was probably better than the rest tonight? Um, yeah, in terms of context of what it meant, Adrian Lewis. Yeah, absolutely. Fine enough. And and listening to him speak afterwards. He knew how much this meant as well. And in the preview for the whole match play, I'll put my hands up. I didn't think that even that performance was there. And I, and I didn't. We all said it. We said there was three seeds at risk and he was one of them. After um, his performance in the Summer Series, he just weren't expecting that. Yeah, but when he said, he said it himself, that after the Summer Series, he thought that this might be his last match play. Open and honest Frank from Lewis, but he still believes... The game is there. And in flashes tonight, we saw it. There was glimpses of genius from Adrian Lewis. But are glimpses enough at this level? No. And he says it himself, he needs to find that consistency. But he was quite bullish that he says, if I fire and if I rock it, there's still no one in this room that can beat me. And he, I think he genuinely believes that still, which is a good thing. Whether it's there or not, it's another matter. But the player has to believe it, first of all, to convince everyone else. 
So, yeah, in terms of context, Adrian Lewis, I thought, was performance of the night just just because of what it meant. And if he if he loses that game, he's in all sorts of bother. All sorts of bother. Where now, he's looking up again, not down. Well, let's look ahead then. Obviously, tomorrow we get underway at six o'clock for the final time in the Betfred World Match Play this week. We start off with Nathan Aspinall against Dimitri Vandenberg in round one. That could be a very interesting game if Dimi does step up. He's making, of course, his match play debut in that one. And then we start with the second round. We start with Michael Smith against Mensor Sudovic. We then have Gary Anderson against James Wade, a mouth-watering tie between the pair. Michael Van Gerwen against Simon Whitlock, and then we round off the evening with Gabriel Clements against Christoph Rutaisky. Um, I think Gary Anderson versus James Wade is probably the headline act, uh, unless the pair of you are going to disagree on this one. Um, we will ask uh, Phil for his take in a second. Gob, how are you going to cope with that game? I'm going to watch from behind the sofa. <laughs> he's, darts, <laughs> he's darts the winner at this point, by the way. I'm going to have one drink to celebrate. And one drink to con- consolidate. <laughs> <laughs> commiserate. Absolutely right. Um, Gob, is there another game? And then Phil obviously come off the back of this one. Gob, is there a, a game that stands out for you apart from the Ando Wade game there on uh, on night four? The last one, percent. The last one, one hundred percent. Mitarski Clemens, two players that have got bags of potential. We've been talking them both up for a long, long time. Well, one of us has feel doesn't rate Clemens, as you know. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like this is a great opportunity for both of them um, to, to really push on now, settle themselves into the stage again um, and, and go on and perhaps do something special at the match play. Yeah, agreed. I'm actually looking forward to the last one of the first round games as well, first of all. I think this has the potential to be a really good game. Um, yeah, Nathan Aspinall didn't play. He did bits in the summer series, but not as well as what I thought he was going to. Um, and Dimitri is like Cameron Menzies of the professional game. You just don't know what's going to turn up at the moment. <laughs> one one day he'll be brilliant, and the next he'll fall off a cliff. Um, it'll be interesting to see because normally he plays well on TV, but this is different. So potentially good, but yeah, I'm looking forward to Wade Anderson and. We can only base it off of what we've seen in the summer series in the first round game. And for me, James Wade's the favourite for this game. And that mm-hmm. sounds daft because Gary Anderson's always favourite unless he plays Michael Van Gerwen. But for me, genuinely, I think Wade's the favourite for this. As, as someone who adores both players, I think you're right. And just because there's, if you can say one bad thing about Gary's game in a minute, he's still got that little frailty under pressure on that on that clinical double and James doesn't that, that's James' game that's James's game all over and it, at the minute if you're backing one of them to go and hit the match winning double under a serious amount of pressure you're backing James to do it over Gary he has, Gary issue, has to score well and get out in front I think my, my issue with Gary's finishing at the moment we all know he loves tops but he hates tens yeah and that doesn't break well no. so for me he's going to have to change MO or find a way of liking tens and yeah. start hitting it or he's going to need to change MO mm-hmm. and start leaving 24, 32 and those sort of combinations. He does 24, doesn't he? But it's not the easiest one to leave. Like, you see Gezi sometimes put himself in trouble where he's so yeah. determined not to leave 16s and 8s but, and he's chasing 24. Perhaps he doesn't get as many darts as he should. But 
I mean, it works for other players. It works for the likes of, of Mervyn King. It works for James Wade when he specifically goes double hunting. Maybe maybe Gary can adapt his game and keep himself in there a bit longer if he really cannot get on with double time. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. It's, it's a good one. And I'm looking forward to the Ritaisky Clemens game for different reasons. That One, Ritaisky was the performance of the first round so far for me. We've still got one to go. But like we said, he's played well in games on TV before and hasn't backed up. So he needs to tick a box there for me. Can he back up a big TV performance? And Clements needs to find a big TV performance. Yes, he won, but it wasn't convincing against a very out of sorts Bob Cross. Um, I know you can only beat what's in front of you and, and he's, he's done that, but Clements needs a TV performance for me. So that, that game's intriguing more than anything. I think personally, Retiree gets the job done, but... I'm interested to see how they both react having played once on that stage and environment. It's going to be absolutely interesting. It's probably the right word I would say. We are almost there in terms of round one action done at the Betfred World Match Play. That is the PBT for tonight and that is the Match Play Daily for day three. Remember, if you are listening to this and you haven't already entered our competition, make sure you do so. Twitter, Facebook and Instagram right now. Get your chance in there. Get yourself in there and win Michael Van Gerwen's match-worn shirt from his round one victory against Brendan Dolan. It is there up for grabs. Money can't buy a prize. It is available for you right now. If you go onto our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all the rules are available there. Make sure, of course, you subscribe right now to our YouTube channel, Online Darts TV. And make sure you do that right now. So make sure you don't miss a single video from what we do here in Milton Keynes on the week. Jack Gobby-Garwood, Phil Bars, thank you so much for joining us on the Match Play Daily on a night where Gerwin Price is out. The world number three gets knocked out by Danny Noppert. Joe Cullen gets his revenge on Ian White in a deciding leg uh, from last year. Vincent van der Voort knocks out Dave Chisnell as well. And uh, Adrian Lewis comes through an absolute barnstormer against Steve Beaton. And Daryl Gurney once again goes under the radar in his win over Ricky Evans. From us all, take care, have a great Tuesday, and we'll see you back at six o'clock. Good night. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.